Welcome back to the Bleeding Years podcast. Today we are going to talk about Eminem's discography and controversies and beefs. So, first off, is there anything you want to say, host number three? Uh, nope. Hope everybody's having a good day, an amazing day. As a matter of fact, to our, you know, our ever so many viewers right now. Yeah, that's about it. Uh, so by the time this will be out, uh, the Super Bowl will have happened. I want everyone, if the performance is up, to go watch the weekend Super Bowl halftime show. Um, that's about it. All right, so let's get into it. Born on October 17th, 1972, Marshall Mathers grew up in Detroit, Michigan, while in poverty with his mother, who he claims had Munchausen syndrome or Munchausen syndrome by proxy, which we're not doctors, but it's just basically where it's kind of similar to Gypsy Rose Blanchard's mother, where it's the parent makes the child believe they have a sickness. We don't we don't know much more of that. Anyways, but with the love of hip hop, hip hop with him collecting cassette tapes and sneaking into Osborne High School with rapper and friend proof for freestyle rap battles in a lunchroom. He also attended open mic contest at the hip hop shop on West Seven Mile, which I'm pretty sure is an inspiration for his movie, Eight Mile. In 1988, he went by the stage name MC Double M, later forming the group New Jacks, making a demo tape under the same name, later signing with Basement Productions in 1989, then changing it to Soul Intent in 1992, then releasing a self-titled EP in 1995. In 1996, Eminem and Proof teamed up with other four rappers to form the Dirty Dozen, or as many people should know or do know, D9, releasing an album in 2001 called Devil's Night. Eminem recorded an album called Infinite, uh, released around 1996. That was, in retrospect, a commercial failure, but also inspired by raising his daughter Haley with barely any money at the time and being lyrically inspired by rappers Nas, Asham, and AZ. In 1997, after releasing the Slim Shady EP, he signed a record deal with Interscope. Oh, wait, no. A records, an, an Interscope Records intern found a copy of the ET or EP that was later sent to Jimmy Levine, who later played it for Dr. Dre, who wanted to work with him. And over the years, uh, he got to collaborate, or Eminem got to collaborate with Dr. Dre on songs like Guilty Conscience, Forget About Dre, What's the Difference, Please Too, Say What You Say, Encore, Slash Crins Down, Old Time Sake, I Need a Doctor, and Crack a Bottle. After 20 plus years in the music industry, Eminem has went on to produce, write, record, and release albums like the Slim Shady LP, the Marshall Mathers LP 1 and 2, Encore, The Eminem Show, Relapse, Relapse, Refill, Recovery, Revival, Kamikaze, Music to be Murdered by, Side A and B, has gone on numerous tours, has won numerous awards and accolades, and has had hits like The Real Slim Shady, Till I Collapse, Without Me, Love the Way You Lie, Stan, Godzilla, Rap God, The Monster, Not Afraid, When I'm Gone, Kill Shot, Cleaning Out My Closet, and many others. So what, what is your opinion on Eminem? Oh man, I think Eminem is one of the greatest rap, arguably one of the greatest rappers of all time. Just one of the greatest hip hop artists of all time. Like literally his music is so just lyrical. It's just his overall just vocabulary is insane. Like you listen to like his music just in general and you can like 
see how much time and effort and energy he puts into it just to craft that specific song not even like the specific album just in general but just each song simultaneously it's just it hits you all at once he's such a good artist how about you i mean i kind of i kind of grew up on eminem at least for the uh his um recovery and marshall mathers lp2 i kind of grew up on some of the hits because when you grow up you don't go listen to an album you listen to what's on the radio mm. but besides the point um i started to like eminem around 2017 a lot of the art or at least four of the artists that i mostly listen to i started to actually listen to their records in 2017. uh i'd probably have to say right now my most favorite from him would either be the slim shady lp or music to be murdered by I don't know because uh, he reminds me a lot of um, driving at late at night, mostly because mm -hmm. of Stan. And um, he's probably this is maybe a controversial take, but he's probably one of the best artists in the music industry. I don't know if that's a, a controversial opinion, but it's it's true you look at his artistry you look at his discography you look at the hits he's gone to produce and gone to be on he is just a legend if i because he what's crazy is that he's been in the game for since the 90s and the only people that people would actually know from the 90s around the time he's started would probably be maybe mariah carey or actually, yeah, Mariah Carey, but he is in such a small arena of 90s artists to survive this song and to get number one records and to get top three songs without with barely any um, promo. And I think that shows that he has not only an audience, but also a legendary status. Mm. What's your favorite album from him? Well, like you said, I really like Music to be Murdered by both side A and B. Um, personally, I love the Recovery album. That album stood out a lot to me. That's like one of my favorite albums from Eminem himself. And yeah, so those were definitely be one of my top albums. A couple of songs coming off those albums being like Not Afraid. I love uh, Godzilla off Music to be Murdered by. Um, yeah, so those are just probably my top tier albums. Yeah, for sure. And those are like the albums that I would always listen to over like any other artist's albums so far. So, yeah. Uh, so could I give you my top 10 or at least yeah. off the top of my head? All right, so this isn't in any order. It's just some of the songs I really like. I like um, I Will, On Fire, Cold Wind Blows, Without Me, Stan, Drug Ballad, Sometimes criminal, not a lot, but sometimes. Uh, I like Lucky You, Kill Shot, uh, and um, I'd probably have to say, um, trying to think, what else is a good song? There's one more that's on the top of my tongue. Mm. Uh, the Real Slim Shady, I'm just going to say that. Those are my top okay. 10. What are yours? All right, all right, here we go. I love Lose Yourself. Uh, Till I Collapse, Stand, Godzilla, Without Me, Rap God, The Real Slim Shady, Not Afraid, When I'm Gone, Venom, Mockingbird is All Right. Um, 
My Name Is Is Alright. That's a pretty good hype song. Lucky You. And that's really about it for right now. Godzilla, of course, if I already said that, I'm pretty sure I did. And yeah, those are like my top. I don't even know how many I named off there, but yo, those are my like top songs. Okay, so let's get into some of his controversies. I think we'll go maybe some of the smaller stuff first. All right, so let's start off with the mother legal troubles. So in 1999, Eminem's mother sued him for $10 million on the basis of slander. Well, she ended up with, I think, oh, $1,600. Overall, um, it kind of derived from the song Cleaning Out My Closet and later on his mother making a diss track against him for calling him ungrateful. So wh- what do you think about this? one is difficult so he she sued him because of the song cleaning out my closet if i'm correct right yeah just basically slander against her name so here's my thing of course being a mother is a hard job and it must have not been different it must have been very difficult with you know growing up in poverty and just trying to take care of a child all on your own I could see her argument of him being kind of ungrateful because, you know, looking back, it probably was the best she could have done in that moment. But on Eminem's side, it's like you were kind of subjective, uh, subjectively a bad person to him and a bad person to him throughout his childhood. So it is understandable on his part on why he would include those lines in Cleaning Out My Closet and in other songs. But I feel like his mother should either try to make amends or should have just stayed quiet because from his perspective or from at least what he perceives of her, she was not that good. She did a lot of questionable stuff to Eminem in his childhood and his teen years. So I get the outrage against her, but I just don't get um, the slander case. I feel if that really happened, if her his mother tried to make him seem like he was sick when he wasn't, I would get, I would get his side. I just don't fully get his mother's side as much because we only have he said, he said, she said type of thing. Uh, so what about you? What do you think of this? Yeah, so totally. I can agree with you. I would agree with Eminem here in this case. Like, yeah. But to, like, understand the mother's part, like, they grew up in Detroit, which is a tough city. And considering the fact that they were in poverty and whatnot, that is really tough, especially for a single mom. So I kind of understand why she believes Eminem is getting well being ungrateful for what she kind of did for him the sacrifices that she had to make but at the same time you're right like how she went ahead and kind of discouraged Eminem himself from just being like this person you know it's just yeah I cannot understand I can completely agree with you in that case also I want to add on so in cleaning up my closet, he was just basically saying, you're never going to see Haley. She's not coming to your funeral, that type of stuff. Yeah. So he, it's like, I'm trying to form an opinion. It's like, 
do you really even want to see your granddaughter? Do you really want to get into that legal trouble with, at that point, a millionaire or at least close to a millionaire? It's like, it's not understandable at all on her end. Because if, when you sue your son for a song that at that point kind of had no accusations or well it did have accusations but no hard proof evidence it's like you either gotta let it go or call your son he's your son like i know there's lines of family matters and public matters but i feel like this could have been a family matter that's just my opinion on it Mm, yeah definitely could have just mostly been a family matter and whatnot you're right Right, so let's move on to the Secret Service debacle. So after a then-scrapped song called We as Americans, Eminem made threats against former President George W. Bush under the line, F money, I don't rap for dead presidents. I'd rather see the president dead. It's never been said, but I set precedents. The song was eventually on the Encore Deluxe disc with altered lyrics. So Eminem is not has not and is not shying away from politics that was basically the whole revival record and that's something we should get into later on but it's like he has been political he's spoken his mind about politics and i kind of see where he's coming from but also yeah i do see kind of where he's coming from but there's no clear threat against the president but I get the outrage on Eminem's part because at the end of the day, George Bush did decide to go to war and cause more destruction than 9-11 to the Middle East. So I I get his point of view on that. But I also, at that point, it was not released. It was not a released song. So there's a reason why he didn't release it. And I feel like he didn't really mean those words that's why it wasn't released and that's why the lyrics were altered but that's just my opinion uh so what what do you think about him quote-unquote threatening the president well like i mentioned before i think in a previous podcast with uh when we were talking about donald trump i really don't like to get into politics though so much so i'm gonna just try to try to keep it like basic you know because once i get into politics it's just not good uh so um like you had mentioned yeah i can see the outrage eminem was getting on his part well like what the outrage was what well, outrage was kind of like getting caused um honestly i don't even know i really don't know it's just not what it was expected to be because yeah george w bush he caused a lot of like random outgoing damage for no reason after you know all this stuff happened so i just yeah i just don't want to get into it too much okay okay so next is the ariana grande controversy on his 2020 record music to be murdered by in the young ma collaboration unaccommodating he name called Ariana Grande and the 2017 Manchester concert bombing by saying, and I quote, yelling bombs away like I'm at an Ariana Grande concert. Of course, this led to backlash online and a lot of backlash from Ariana Grande fans, even though Ariana herself did not bring it up. 
So my thing is, there's obviously lines, and it's a kind of complex issue when you're talking about rap music and talking about name calling. But I think what these kids don't understand is that you can't cancel Eminem. He's one of those people who is not cancelable. You know what I mean? Because, <laughs> because, yeah, the line is terrible, but it's like, what is he saying? Is He's not going to bomb an Ariana Grande concert. Nothing will, yeah. nothing negative will arise from him saying this. No other concert has been bombed because of Eminem. So it's kind of this thing where in rap, there's lines of, would this help normalize something? Like, obviously, homophobia and transphobia and racism in the rap game can be normalized. But I don't feel this is one of those things. No one is going to bomb an Ariana Grande concert because of an Eminem lyric that most people didn't even notice because it was on a, it was an album cut. So what do you what do you think of that? Well, when I was first reading it, I kind of assumed that it was talking mostly about the fact that Ariana Grande just dropped the F-bomb at her concert. And I know there was a whole bunch of like random controversy behind that. Um, people were just like, it kind of surprised she did that. And that's what I kind of meant, well, thought it meant when Eminem had put this here in this, uh, you know, in this lyric. But yeah, you're right. Eminem is like not the most cancelable person on earth. Like you can't just go out and cancel the man because he has one of the biggest fan bases following him. And they're going to believe that like he's not doing anything bad, of course. And so, you know, yeah, he's just he's kind of like an anchor for the music industry. So if you remove that anchor, most like other rappers are going to start to fall and stuff like that. So yeah, I can totally agree with you there. And people trying to cancel him is not going to happen anytime soon. So, Also, I want to tack on. When this horrible tragedy did happen in 2017, Eminem was one of the people to help raise awareness and raise money for it. So, it's, But it's also like, this is what you're focusing your energy on. Because it's not doing anyone harm. Let's be real. It's not going to cause Ariana Grande to fall into a trance to die. So I think it's it's just kind of a stupid outrage because it's just a, what, three-second name call or uh, punchline. Mm-hmm. Also, it's like people have said a lot worse about what the world trade, Biggie said, blowing up like the world trade and Juicy. It's like, it's just rap. It's not going to do anyone any harm. It can't normalize concert bombings. So that that's my stance on it. So next we're going to talk about the Rihanna scandal that happened I think this year, no, last year. So in a scrap song around 2019 called Things Get Worse, Eminem says the line, I'm not playing Rihanna, where'd you get the VD at? Let me add my two cents. Of course, I side with Chris Brown. I beat a B down too, if she gave my D an itch now. So obviously that is a terrible, terrible line. And I could see why the song as a whole was scrapped. And it's, at this point, it's kind of understandable on what, what the outrage was because it is kind of normalizing abuse and kind of, in, it's just taking Chris Brown's side overall. But he later apologized in a song titled News or Zeus for the B-side to his 2020 record, Music to be Murdered by, by saying, and wholeheartedly apologies, Rihanna, for that 
song that leaked, I'm sorry, Re, it wasn't meant to cause you grief. And saying in a serious XM Shade 45 interview, when it first happened, I was like, first, I didn't know how, how somebody got it. Second of all, I have no zero recoll recollection of me, of even remembering doing that, that verse. Like the rhyme schemes didn't even sound like familiar to me. So I was caught off guard too. And I was like, what the F? I said that. And it's 10 plus years old, but I'm not making excuses for it. I think I sh just said it because it rhymed. And I'm sure, I think I'm sure looking back, I should have thought better of it. So he obviously crossed the line here. Let's not, let's not lie because yeah, abuse is obviously a very serious thing that can be normalized. Chris Brown constantly beats up women for apparently no reason a lot of the time and it it's at this point where it's because it's been what 12 years since the song was recorded uh, Eminem and Rihanna have gone on to do numerous collaborations and to go not number one multiple times so it's like I could see why he felt the need to apologize because it's like he, he called out then she wasn't a friend, but now she is. And I, I could see why she, or he had to make an apology for that. So I, I get, I get both the outrage and I get the response basically. And again, this is one of those lines where it's like, this can normalize abuse in any industry. And that's just what I think about the situation. So what do you think about it? Oh, yeah, this is like one messed up line. I'm glad he was able to go ahead and make an apology for it. I see why he made the apology like you had mentioned. And I'm really like I said, I'm really glad that he was able to make that apology because um, bringing up abuse in a song, especially if you're like very influential to a whole bunch of other people, a whole bunch of other rappers and whatnot like that is not a good combination and whatnot going ahead and influencing that so yeah like you said i'm glad that he was able to make the apology and yeah now we're gonna go on the last topic of the first part homophobic accusations some of eminem's lyrics have been considered homophobic even to where an australian politician attempted to ban him from australia using the f slur and the word queer used in a derogatory manner a huge reason for this is in the album cut for the slim shady lp criminal he says my words are like a dagger with a jagged edge that'll stab you in the head whether you're an f slur or a les or the homosex hermaph or transavest pants or dress hate f slurs the answers so my thing is this is obviously a homophobic, really homophobic lyric that should not have made it out the studio, but it's like people trying to cancel him. It's oh, weird because essentially the whole or a lot of the Slim Shady LP is Slim Shady, not Eminem. So it's clear that he himself does not believe this and that it's a character he's playing because I see somewhat parallels to this in controversies of NBC sitcoms like community or 30 rock where the characters are in blackface obviously blackface is bad and it's terrible and it brings up uh, a kind of a very traumatic 
point in time for uh, Black Americans. But it's like the actors themselves are not in blackface to make fun of Black people. It's the characters in blackface who are making fun of Black people. So it's not the person themselves. So I think that's kind of somewhat of a parallel here where Eminem doesn't think this way, but a character he is playing in this record thinks that way. So what what is your opinion on this line? Well, I think it was completely wrong. Like, it's the thought of just using homophobic slurs, like, you know, especially that early in his career, I believe. Like, using stuff like this can really bring a person down, could really, like, ruin somebody's career, could really get them canceled really fast and whatnot. So using these homophobic slurs and whatnot was really wrong of him. And that's what I believe. I mean, I agree with you. Yeah, we don't contone homophobic slurs. But it's I feel that people trying to cancel him, he was playing a character. That's what I think. It's not okay. He probably shouldn't have thought of the character at all. But now it's out there. Well, he can probably take it off. So, all right, so like I said, um, we don't condone it, but I'm not going to say that Eminem was for this. But also, I want to bring up an interesting point. So he does say this homophobic slur, but in the Roslam shit, he's like, there's not another reason for, um, for that a man and another man can't elope. Meaning, why can't gay people have sex and the such? So it's really conflicting because he says that in Russell Shady, but he contradicts it in Criminal. So there, we don't really know on what, at this point in time, we really don't know what he thinks. But in 2010, when interviewed by Anderson Cooper, he was asked about the lyrics and Eminem responded by saying, and I quote, no, I don't have any problem with nobody. You know what I mean? I'm just like, whatever. And when asked about same-sex legalization, he replied with, if I think two people love each other, then what the hell? I think that everyone should have the chance to be equally miserable if they want. Later, when he was refer referring to homophobic words in Rap God, he responded by saying, I don't know how to say this without say saying it, how I've said it a million times. But that word, those kinds of words, when I came up in battle rapping or whatever, I never equated those words to actually meaning homosexual. Most recently in 2018 in the song Fall, he refers to Tyler, the creator, to the F-slur, or as the F-slur, where people like Dan Reynolds were calling the language hateful and Justin Vernon distancing himself from the collaboration as he was a vocalist in the um, song. So he really contradicts himself in this point mm -hmm. because he... He says that the reason he used those slurs was he didn't equate it to actually mean homosexual and that equating it to bad. But then in 2018, in the Kamikaze record, he uses the F slur because at that point, we know that he knows that it's bad. Back then, you can make, I guess, some sort of excuse or some sort of reasoning, not excuse, reasoning on that. He didn't know what it meant, but now he knows what it means and used the word. Uh, but I listened to the track on the explicit and he bleeps it out, but it's still like, why do you include that word at all? Even if it's implied, you can just take it out or not use it at all. So this is where it's kind of like, yeah. I know Kamikaze is supposed to be like 
you guys trashed me and want the awesome shady back so here's the awesome shady because that was kind of uh an overlaying theme in the record as a whole but it's like you can revitalize something without adding any racism or homophobia with it like the way they rebooted full house a couple years ago a lot of people a lot of elements were not present so it's kind of at this point it's kind of like I don't even know if you're if he's playing a character in this. He might be, but I'm we're not hundred percent sure. Because like I said, it's supposed mm-hmm. to be a quote unquote revitalization of Slim Shady. But it's like even Slim Shady would have known at this point that it's completely wrong to use that type of slur. So what do you what do you think about what I just covered? Oh yeah, for sure. Like what you said about him, well, him kind of like going back on himself about his statements and whatnot. He had mentioned how how he had made um, the fact that people think he's against homophobic people, well, homo people and whatnot. Um, Yeah, he just, we don't know where his standpoint is on it. Not right now, at least. So, you know, it's kind of like, yeah. I really don't know the word for it in general, but yeah, like you had said, and yeah, the real like regular uh, Slim Shady would have known like not to use those words because there's people out there who really take that by well to heart and will like go ahead and do everything in their power just to get him like off the internet. So yeah, I can totally agree with you there. All right, so I just want to kind of cover over this thing about cancel culture and him specifically. So cancel culture isn't real it really isn't like azalea banks has been canceled five million times and she's still here kanye west has been canceled five million times he's still here and then eminem's been canceled for more than 20 years and yet he's still regaining a lot of number one records on billboard top 200 and a lot of top three records on top 100 so it's like where is where is this cancel culture because I'm not seeing it, no one else is seeing it. And if it, it does exist, it's not useful, it's not helpful. But also it's like, what do you gain from this? How is this gonna, if you're gonna cancel Eminem, how is that gonna stop homophobia from existing in the world? Like, it's just, you could probably, if you try to cancel people, you could probably use your energy for something different that actually has a positive effect in the world. Because being mad at, a millionaire on Twitter isn't gonna help anyone. It's not gonna help people in the Middle East or where homophobia or um, being gay is a reason for death. That's not gonna stop those countries from stoning gay people to death. It's not gonna stop other places in the world from being homophobic. It's like, what is the purpose of canceling someone for because I could kind of see you know in the 2018 when he got backlash for that I kind of see it because it's like it's happening in the moment and you see that he still used that uses that hateful rhetoric but it's like you're canceling him for a record that was made 20 years ago canceling him for words that he probably no longer believes in and canceling him for something that already happened it's already on the world no no amount of scrubbing off the internet can take it away so it's like what do you get from canceling him from 20 years ago? Because that's not really gonna do anything. And even then, 
2018, he wasn't even quote unquote canceled because two years later, he made a number one record on the Hot 200. So it's clear that cancel culture does not exist. And if you are a part of cancel culture or try to cancel anyone, I would suggest actually doing stuff that helps people in the real world and not to get social justice warrior points on Twitter. So that's what I think about cancel culture as a whole and I, what I think about cancel culture in this case specifically. So what, what is your opinion on cancel culture? Oh yeah, I think cancel culture is like definitely real. It's definitely out there. There are people out there that really want to like, but yeah, they just focus on the people that they really want to cancel. Like Eminem doesn't get canceled because there's so many people backing him up like that's just in his own fan base really so that's probably why he won't get canceled or any other like really really big but people that say something on the internet that can like uh, like offend other people like other race or just just other people in general um there are definitely people a part of cancel culture out there that would go ahead and do everything in their power to get you off the internet to go ahead and make sure that you're not getting your message spread out so yeah and like you had said i believe that they should be using their power for more like useful things because as of right now it's just not good for the entire like society just in general um going ahead and canceling people because they said one homophobic slur or whatnot is just completely messed up and is like always blown out of proportion i believe because then they have to go back on twitter and go ahead and try to uh back level their freaking what is it called argument so that they don't get canceled and whatnot and it's whole like thing with it it's just cancel culture is just crazy you know and especially now because it's become way more relevant in practically everything we do now. So, yeah. Well, actually, I just remembered a point that I seen on a TikTok of this one girl. Her name is, her ad is like lives in a society, but with a bunch of other underscores. And she made a really good point in one of her TikToks and was like, cancel culture doesn't affect huge celebrities, but it affects little people or everyday people. And I just remembered that and realized that because it's like, if you Google, quote unquote, uh expelled for using the n-word and that type of stuff it's normal people but it doesn't affect celebrities like and even the cases where it's like shane dawson he wasn't canceled or he was canceled but it's like that didn't do anything for him he chose to leave the internet and supposedly since trisha paytas said it he's gonna come back and trisha paytas again has been canceled numerous times she's been problematic since i was in what fourth grade and that was six years ago and she's still here and she's still making a lot of money so cancel culture again is not effective in deplatforming deplatforming these huge people but also that brings up another another thing that i realized cancel culture is both racist and misogynistic because how many people do you see attacking azalea banks for something that is all right, so let's use these two people as an example, Kanye West and Azalea Banks. Kanye West undoubtedly says worse things than Azalea Banks. Azalea Banks does say a lot of bad stuff that I don't condone, but it's like Azalea gets more backlash than Kanye West. 
and it's like and um it's to a point where cancel culture affects women more than it does men because i remember in 2018 with that whole jeffree star and a lot of these other people the women got the worst out of that situation while jeffree star and the other men in that situation are still getting a lot of money and getting a lot of support so not only is cancel culture ineffective for celebrities but when it is effective it's usually for the women and never the men because you still see shane dawson and jeffree star still making millions off of their whatever they did while a lot of these women who are affected by cancel culture can barely lift their careers off the ground again so that's that's the end of my rant on cancel culture as a whole and i think we are almost out of time for this first part. Oh, that was my Apple Watch. Uh, that is all we have for the first part of this Eminem episode. Next part, we will be going over some of his beefs, some of his major beefs, and some of his minor beefs. Well, none minor beefs, but major beefs. So thank you all to our zero listeners and zero sponsors. This is another episode of the Bleeding Ears podcast, and goodbye.